Uh, it is getting so close now that we can finally start to at least get I think you can get an idea of where some teams are going to go when you start to hear like early rumors come back and circle around with those teams again like Bryce Young number one overall where it's like they tried to throw out all the trash they could to see what was going to go on and now we see it at minus 1400 Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick in this draft so you didn't bet any uh, Will Levis today I did not no I didn't I didn't take that uh take any of that bait whatsoever no Anthony Richardson a couple weeks ago after the combine? <laughs> it's after just, his workout? We, we see this every year. We, we really do. And look, sometimes the crazy does happen. Oh, Baker yeah. Mayfield was this, kind of this a... This year could happen. Baker Mayfield was kind of a, a, a last-minute crazy number one, where it was like, mm-hmm. for the longest time, that made no sense. And then we're like, wait, Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Okay. So it, there's always the chance. But uh, Eric Eager is the VP of Sumer Sports, which I when I look at what you guys do, I think it's... It, unbelievably interesting and it shows that you're way smarter than anybody sitting in this room using quantitative analytics to you know to look at the NFL so I hope that you can maybe tell us uh, every single quarterback where they're going to be drafted in what order so it can make it a lot easier on us if you could use those numbers please (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for the introduction I um if if I knew though uh you know we, we probably would make you know a decent amount of money in the markets I think the only thing to your point that is probably a lock right now is that Bryce Young is going to go one um, I don't even know, you know, after a week of steam, if we even know who Houston's going to take at number two, uh, whether it's going to be a quarterback in Levis or or a position player now with uh, uh, Tyree Wilson being the favorite uh, on some of the sports books. What do you make of all of this C.J. Stroud slander? Uh, the S2 <laughs> test, 18%. Uh, Houston not being really that interested in him. His popping back to his coaches. Just... Is this gamesmanship, or are teams actually concerned about him? I, I think that teams are concerned with him. I don't think S2 is, like, the reason. I think S2 is sort of an excuse not to like him because when you look at his resume, there's, you know, I think teams get Kirk Cousins-type vibes. And in, in the many cases, a good way. Like, he has probably the highest ceiling – or, sorry, highest floor – of any quarterback in this draft, if you look at sort of the statistical profile. Um, the issue is I think he has the lowest ceiling. And, and teams, you know, if you're in that AFC, we just saw Aaron Rodgers get traded. Lamar Jackson's still there for the time being. And then you have, you know, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. So I think if you're in the AFC, you think to yourself, can we really compete, even with the, the advantages bestowed upon a rookie contract, can we really compete in this AFC with a guy – who I think many believe is kind of mechanic, is kind of uh, you know very accurate, but uh, doesn't necessarily have the ceiling of a guy like Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or even Bryce Young. Where do you think Bijan ends up going? You know, we see different mocks all over the place, 10, 15, maybe he falls in the first round. I just I don't think he falls to the second round. And uh, where do you think he should go? Because obviously he's a running back, but I think he's just a different type back. Yeah, I mean, where he should go is tough just because I think the math would always say don't take, you know, non-premium positions in round one. Now, there aren't as many round one players in this draft as, as some years that many many scouts are saying that, right? So uh, I don't necessarily think it's the most offensive thing in the world if he goes in the 20s, um, even as an analytics person. But I think he's going to go higher. I, I would say anywhere from, like, you know, <laughs> this sounds a wide, wide distribution – but eight to twenty, and yeah. you know when people when people put him, you know he's the favorite or the the Falcons, you know he's the favorite prohibitively, um, you know for the Falcons at eight. 
I don't see that. I, I hear reports that they really like Tyler Algier. Uh, you know, obviously Cordell Patterson's there as well. Um, but that's the that's to me the first possibility. I think a team like the Commanders at 16 are really live there. Um, even a team like New England at 14. Now New England has a lot of needs, and if one of those quarterbacks falls, and one of those quarterbacks always does fall, I think they end up being that team that gobbles him up. Um, but yeah, to me, it's like 14 to 16 is kind of the sweet spot for Bijan Robinson because you see. Uh, you know, teams like New England, teams like Washington right there. What do you think the likelihood is of either Houston or the Cardinals trading out of the number two or the number three pick? Because we hear a lot about you know, the Cardinals wanting to get out of that spot. You haven't heard a lot of rumors or maybe necessarily even some movement in that. But I feel like as we sometimes get close to the draft, whether it's that day or the hours or minutes before, sometimes those deadlines force teams to make the best offer, and that's why teams will trade out. Yeah, I mean, we have not seen a ton of during the draft trades for these top picks. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, the the trade that netted the Bears Trubisky is one that comes to mind. Uh, a lot of times it happens before, you know, Colts, Jets, uh, you know, Niners, uh, Dolphins, um, even this year, Bears, Panthers. So I think if it doesn't happen, you know, in the next like 36 hours or so, it's going to be hard for it to happen on the draft day. So uh, because, you know, these teams, like many general managers, and, and I think Monty Ossonfort being the, the new Arizona general manager, like are they really going to want to take like significantly lower uh, of a return in this spot when they're desperate to move back, um, you know, that then Chicago took for that first pick? And I think the answer is no. I think they'd rather just kind of like, you know, bite the bullet, as weird as this sounds, and take a defensive player rather than look like they got fleeced in a trade. So if it doesn't happen in the first, next 36 hours or so, I think Houston and, and Arizona are going to pick players, and it's and it's probably not going to be the right move for them. Let's talk about the first wide receiver taken, Jackson Smith and the Jigba's at minus 430. Uh, just kind of a weak uh, wide receiver class in terms of side outside of Quinton Johnston. Uh, what would you do in terms of that bet, and, and where do you think the fit is in terms of what team would take the first wide receiver overall? Yeah, I think any money that, that you bet on any other wide receiver to be first taken is is a waste of money at this point. Like, I, I don't – I think there's probably a 6 to 10 pick gap between any of those guys. Now, you, you, you all are showing the market for over-under. Now, this is one I really do like. I think if you, you take a little bit of, of under 3.5 – um, wide receiver is just an undervalued position in the NFL. I know last year we got six in round one, but those first six went in the first 18 picks. And if you got the worst of the number at six and a half on over, you, of course, had a bad beat uh, because the, the last you know picks 19 through 32, none of them were wide receivers. And, you know, the league will, will just kind of – the league will prefer, especially in this, you know, first half of the draft, they'll always prefer players in the trenches. So I think Smith and the Jigba – you know, he might go anywhere from pick 11 to Tennessee, kind of, you know, within, you know, 11 to like 16 or 17. And then I think the next player, whether it be Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, uh, or Quentin Johnston, I think those players go a lot later than you think. And if you're a, a Kansas City Chiefs fan, like I think one of those wide receivers you covet is going to be available to you at 31. And I don't necessarily believe that they're going to take that player that you like over a, an edge or a tackle. Really quickly, just to follow up, there's been a lot of noise and smoke about the Giants taking a wide receiver. Doesn't feel like a correct take, given that Wandale Robinson's kind of the same kind of receiver as these guys. Oh, what do you think they do? Yeah, I, I did a mock today that had them taking Quentin Johnston. I think that's really the only fit here because, you know, Zay Flowers is, you know, he's better than Wandale Robinson, but he's a similar type of player. Uh, same thing, you know, Addison's kind of a little bit, more, splits the difference a little bit as well. 
Um, and if they're going to take any anyone else, it's going to be an overdraft. And and they don't they're not in a position to do that with Daniel Jones making uh, all that money. They have to kind of take the right player, you know, if you know what I'm saying, at every single pick. So uh, I only see it with Quentin Johnston, and I think it's an outside chance just because of his style of play, you know, yards after the catch, the kind of stuff Daniel Jones does well, which is get rid of the ball quickly and let the wide receiver do the work. I think he might be the only one that fits for them. But again, you know, his pick prop is like 26 and a half or so depending and so you know it could be a place where the Giants do it but I also think it could be a place where somebody views it as an overdraft anything that you would like right now like as we look at the board I know everything's kind of changing a little bit but first tight end drafted Michael Mayer now minus 175 Kincaid plus 130 or even with first DB drafted because Witherspoon's all the way up to minus 200 right now with Christian Gonzalez at plus 150 anything you like in either of those markets or are you just kind of staying away yeah, I think I think uh, th- those are ones where you stay away from laying the favorite, even though it's not necessarily like the the most expensive uh, to lay the favorite there. Um, you know, we we had Kincaid as a favorite just a, you know a couple weeks ago, and it swung back to Meyer. The, these are just when, when two guys are just so close, you know. And and we we've linked uh, you know Devin Witherspoon to the Lions. You look at the, the FanDuel market, at BetMGM market. They have they have him basically like even money to go to Detroit. Uh, with pick six, anytime like a team is linked to a player and that influences the first pick market, um, those are where you want to kind of fade the favorite because you know we're just not that confident that he, that any one player is going to go to any one team. And you know, and and with you know Devon Witherspoon versus you know a, a guy like uh, you know Christian Gonzalez, it's a Styles makes fights preference for the team that's drafting him. And if he falls past the team we all think or the markets believe is the favorite. Then it then it's more of a coin flip, and then you you have the best of it when you have uh, one of those players that's a plus money guy like Gonzalez, like Kincaid. So that those to me are the only two gambles you really want to take in those markets. Don't lay the favorite at this point. Talking to Eric Eager, BetMGM tonight. Uh, Jalen Carter is kind of an interesting story at this point, right? Like this is somebody mm-hmm. that is as talented as any defensive lineman we've had in college football in a long, long time. Then you have what happened off the field after they won the national championship. Then you have the workouts where he looked out of shape and was like just not prepared for it. Yet there's still so much talent there. At one point we saw him, well, at the beginning, I guess maybe number one overall to the Bears. That that was the conversation. Now I'm seeing him go as maybe number nine to the Bears. There maybe Seattle at number five. I think he's yeah, he's plus three fifty to go number five overall. Uh, you know, or starting at four to one to go sixth overall. Whatever the case is, do, where do you think he ends up? Yeah, by the way, that's a good like omen for general managers that if you mm-hmm. trade back, you still might get the exact player <laughs> yeah. everybody thought that you were going to get, and you pick up two hundred million in assets. Uh, along the way look I Carter Carter's going to be a surprise this draft in one direction or the other because I, I do know that there are teams that have Carter as their best player so you know there could be a situation where a team comes out of nowhere trades up to pick two or three uh, and takes him um, there also could be a fall because of all the things that are described you think about Warren Sapp and how far he fell uh, you think about Laramie Tunsil and how far he fell um, for for sillier things than Jalen Carter has done um, and, and so th- that one's truly a mystery to me. Um, you know, it, it, to me, if you're going to bet him sort of in that, uh, you know, pick position market, it's really a bet on how many quarterbacks you think go. Because I think if if you think that Levis, uh, Richardson, Stroud, and, and of course Young go in the first four or five picks, then Carter's a faller. If they don't, then one of those teams is just going to take him. And we're going to look back and it's going to be like the Jets taking Quinn and Williams. We're like, oh, of course, like they need, you know, they're going to take uh, one of the best players at a premium position and 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 figure everything out later. Who do you think is uh, the best offensive lineman in this draft, Eric? And, and who do you actually think goes first? 
Peter Skronsky, to me, is the best offensive lineman from a production standpoint, but you have the the arm length issue. And and so that's, you know, if a team like Chicago, who I know has been rumored there because of the, the Northwestern and Chicago ties, um, you, know, you know, gets to that point, um, they don't necessarily need a guard. And so there's not like that sort of fallback plan uh, to put him there. So, you know, I do believe the markets that, that Paris Johnson's the first tackle. I, I don't necessarily know if I'd lay the number. Uh, to, to bet it, but I do believe just because you have wingspan and you have traits and, and, and teams love those kind of things. But we have seen in the past, Andrew Thomas in 2020 went fourth, um, you know, and, 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 you know, he was somewhere around six to one. Uh, and that, you know, to the Giants, he's been a wonderful player. And he went there in large part because his college production was better than everybody else's uh, kind of in that range. Uh, so just be weary. I would not lay the number there. I know it's gotten, it's grown. Um, but I do believe I do believe the market has moved in that direction for a reason. Eric, we only got about uh, 90 seconds left here. Uh, what's your favorite bet left on the board? You know, anything that were the numbers still kind of available? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I have I to. Know it's so tough uh, right now because all these numbers are all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, let's team to draft Michael Mayer. I like Green Bay at five to one. Um, that that's one that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and, and I know they moved up to 13, so it makes it a little bit less likely. They could, you know, snag Smith and Njigba. Um, but I think that the Packers, you know, you look at the history of the franchise, Mark Chimura, uh, you know, Bubba Franks, uh, Jermichael Finley, Keith Jackson, like they've had great tight ends and, and you know, great tight end is a good support for a young quarterback. Uh, and, I, and so, you know, I think that if they miss out on Smith and Njigba, he goes 11, let's say, to Tennessee. Um, I think the Packers at 5-1 to one to take Mayer uh, is a decent, a decent bet. All right, about 30 seconds here. Hendon Hooker, will he be a first-round pick? I don't think so. Um, I know my former boss, Chris Collinsworth, just took him 31 to Kansas City, so uh, we're, we're really trying to like <laughs> spread the disinformation here. Um, but I don't think – I think a team like Minnesota, a team that's kind of been linked to him, I think a team like Minnesota is more likely to trade out of the first round than they are to take a guy like Hooker. I just – I believe the, the, the film people who say – uh, that he's not worthy of a pick. And, and and under four and a half is a good number for quarterbacks. Under has always been a good bet for quarterbacks in round one. There you go. Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Thanks for coming on with us. Smell a spit. Hey, thanks for having me on, everybody. Thanks, man. He was